right, welcome back to NBA Talk on the KD Pod. Here again for part two. Today we're doing the Western Conference. I'm back with Jared. Jared, what's up, brother? What's going on? What's going on? Western Conference. That's right. So off the top here, uh, you went to Sixers, Nick. Sixers, Nets, excuse me, last night at Barclays. Give me your quick thoughts on it. Yeah, let's keep it quick. Uh, Doc Rivers went on NBA Today um, a few hours ago, and they asked him what they thought of how Ben played. And he said, he said, frankly, I, I was just focused on my my own guys. I didn't really have time to sort of watch Ben. Um, I was there to watch the Sixers as well. And I was just completely distracted by watching Ben dribble up the court, you know, do normal basketball things again. So, um, yeah, it was fascinating to watch him play again. He looked uh, very similar to the guy he's always been. Um, and, yeah, it was fun to see the Sixers pretty much destroy them um they were up like 15 and 20 points on the net starters for a long time Tyrese Maxey looked really impressive um I liked some of the new guys I saw from the Sixers DeAnthony Melton played awesome so um I would say both teams looked looked pretty solid but I was encouraged to see uh the Sixers pull out the win without their main guys right no Harden no Embiid for the Sixers and they still took care of the Nets pretty easily when they had Mostly everyone. It was just like Seth Curry and maybe, you know, a guy or two um, elsewise. So Ben Simmons, what do you think about the fit with all those pieces in Brooklyn? Is it going to work? Yeah, it's just, it's, I'm just, I'm so tired of hearing people talk about it. The fit is obviously excellent. He's got everything around him he needs. He's got two Hall of Fame uh, creators on offense, obviously. And then they got, you know, so much shooting. Patty Mills, Joe Harris, Seth Curry. Mm-hmm. three of the most you know lethal shooters in the game so uh yeah it'll work in the regular season I mean Ben's worked in the regular season his whole career no one's denying that I think he's gonna be I think they're gonna have a huge win total as we said last week I think I think they're gonna be third in the conference um but in the half court um yeah I still wonder how effective he's gonna be um and yeah I would be concerned I guess if I was if I was a Nets fan, as I was concerned as a Sixers fan forever, that when it gets down to fourth quarters of important games, um, he's going to struggle to to make an impact offensively. Right. I think that comes down to a huge problem that the Nets are going to have, which is chemistry and leadership. You know, where is that going to come from? I see highlights of the Nets practice and, and no one is a leader. No one's stepping up, being an adult in the room. Um, they're two stars their heads are, you never know where they're going to be. Um, so that's what it's going to come down to for them is, is chemistry and leadership. So with that being said, let's get right into it. We did the Eastern Conference last week, and this week we're hitting the Western Conference. Quick run through, we're going to do our standings and an X factor for each team, and then you know pick who we're th- which teams we think are going to have the best offenses and defenses in the Western Conference. So off the top, I'll run through my top four here and we can compare. So the number one seed I have is the Warriors. They um, were phenomenal last year and they're only getting better, bringing back players, um, bringing back some really talented young guys and Wiseman and um, Kuminga, who I think is going to make a step. That's my X factor for the Warriors is Kuminga. You know, I think he can really be something special. 
Um, and then two to four, I have the Clippers, Nuggets, and Timberwolves, one through four. Is that similar? Compare or contrast here. Pretty similar, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I notice you're, you're sleeping on the Suns a little bit, uh, which I look forward to talking to. I have the Warriors finishing second. I have the Clippers uh, first. You had Clippers second, right? Correct. Yeah, so we have our, our number one and number two teams uh, flipped. I have the Nuggets fourth. I think you said you have them third. And I have the Suns retaining their elite status in the Western Conference. I'm keeping them at the third seed. Um, a little bit of context in in preparation for this pod. I was just looking at the over and unders that Vegas set. Um the top two teams in the Western Conference, according to Vegas, are going to be the Clippers and the Suns. They're over under is 52 and a half. Right below them is the Warriors, um, which we both have as as in the top tier. They're at 51 and a half. And then rounding out the top four is the Nuggets at 49 and a half. So I, I sort of stayed pat with where Vegas was in terms of those four being my top four. Um, mm -hmm. I'm curious, why do you have, you said the Wolves are your third seed, I'm guessing. So I guess we can talk right. about that a little bit. Yeah, I think they didn't. They lost um, really no offensive firepower in that trade. Um, and if you look at how the Jazz have done typically in the regular season, just having Rudy Gobert in the paint, I think him ha having him alone gives you a top three defense. And then you put a forty percent big man shooter. They retain Russell, and then they have you know a potential superstar in Edwards. Um, I think they're going to be really good. And they they were able to retain McDaniels, who is my X factor for them. Um, he's that, you know, 6'9", six, 6'10", six, long wing who can do a lot. And if he does this, if he does that, like a lot of these players, um, I think he could be really good for them. So that's why I have them at fourth, winning a lot of games, really strictly based on Rudy Gobert's impact on the defensive end. Agreed. Yeah, Rudy's a beast. Um, we're just looking up uh, some information about the Timberwolves. They also got Austin Rivers and Kyle Anderson to come off their bench this year, I think. So, uh, arguably deeper than they were last year. Um, regarding Gobert, yeah, exactly. Regarding Gobert and Carl uh, Anthony Towns, was just doing a little bit of research on you know how ESPN and the Athletic ranked them um, in terms of the, the player rankings this year. Um, both, both sources felt that Rudy was about the 18th best player in the NBA, um, which, you know, I pretty much agree with, as you said, the impact he has defensively in the regular season is going to be huge. Um, so I do think they're going to be, uh, much improved. Uh, I wanted to discuss Carl Anthony Towns a little bit. He, he hasn't played in the preseason yet because he was dealing with a, a non COVID illness. I believe, uh, ESPN ran, had him ranked 13th, um, which I was just shocked by. Um, obviously, Celtics fans probably felt the same way about about James Harden being 11th on their list, but I just feel like 13th is extremely high for Carl Anthony Towns. Um, he's he's probably my least favorite superstar in the whole NBA. Um, I really don't like his game. I don't like his personality. Um, the Athletic had him ranked in the tier between 33rd and 40th, which, um, you know, I don't disagree with and ESPN had them uh, 20 spots higher than that. So they're clearly divergent on his impact. Um, you're a defense guy, Kyle. I don't see the defense there. Um, they, you know, they right. traded for a center. That's concerning to me. His offense is obviously 
elite. He considers himself the, the best shooting big man of all time. Um, I guess his bag is there offensively. I don't I don't enjoy watching him score the ball. I, I don't think it's impressive, but I mean, the numbers say differently. His playoff success speaks for itself. There's none there. Um, he's played 12, 12 playoff games. He's only played in two series. Um, they've lost 4-2 and 4-1 in both of them. Um, yeah, he could definitely prove prove me wrong in the playoffs this year and play really well. But uh, I've I've always sort of been left empty while watching him. Um, so I'm curious what you think about him in terms of just like enjoying watching him playing, and then also like, yeah, 13th obviously is too high for you too. I'm guessing. Right. Yeah, a lot there. Uh, to see 20 point difference in ranking is staggering. That's a big difference there. Um, why might that be? ESPN likes to likes to trigger people a little bit, get eyeballs on some some controversial takes there. Um, he's probably going to be the best player on a team that could be a top three team in the West. Um, that's what I attribute to there. I agree with a lot of what you're saying in terms of his offensive bag. I don't really think there is much bag there. Um, I think it's a lot of three-point shooting and then him just – you know, getting in the post with mismatches, but it was really revealing last year against the Clippers when they would throw a smaller but more mobile and strong wing on him. He's not dribbling by anyone. Um, so it really leaves a huge gap between his three-point shot and then him in close, in close to the basket. Um, is Rudy Gobert going to help with that offensively? Not really. I think that just puts at higher likelihood that there's going to be a lot of wings on him in the playoffs, which he's going to struggle with. Um, you know, a Kawhi, a Robert Covington on the Clippers, like we saw there, really gave him trouble. Um, and I honestly think that 20 to 30, the 40 tier is more more likely um, for, for Carl Anthony Towns. And frankly, I think that 13th spot should be reserved for Anthony Edwards. I think he's more likely to be the best player on their team um, than Cat will be. So it's interesting. It's interesting to see there. Um, so with the Nuggets and the Clippers, who were your impact players with those two respective teams? Yeah, just to, to finish up the Wolves conversation, I think your point about him being the best player on that team is is possible. Um, but we both acknowledge that Ant has that incredible upside offensively and Rudy's already so impactful defensively. So, I mean, three great players right there that could all sort of be their number one guy in terms of impact. So it will be interesting to see, uh, moving on to the Clippers and the Nuggets. Um, yeah, the Nuggets, obviously two of their best three guys were, were pretty much out all year. I think we're completely out all year. So I think you could go with either of those two in terms of, in terms of, um, X factors. I'm curious to talk about the Clippers, uh, Reggie Jackson is is my guy here. I guess I just want to talk about him because his bag is crazy. Um, it is. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't like. I wasn't aware. Um, I think they signed him probably two years ago on like a. The Pistons maybe cut him and then they just signed him, and then you know he was really important in their playoff series when Kawhi was out two two seasons ago. Uh, and his bag is just absolutely crazy. Um, me and my friends like to talk about just like the fact that he's going to be, you know, he, he might not be the most efficient 
guard, but he's going to be their their third, potentially fourth option, I think is crazy. I just think they have so much scoring. Um, and then, yeah, defensively, obviously, their roster speaks for them, speaks for itself. Uh, you know, they got seven or eight really impressive wings. Um, and so, yeah, that's why I have them in that number one spot. I think they got a ton of talent. John Wall's obviously the, the icing on the cake with um, a potential bounce back year. So I have them at that at that first seed. And then and to the Nuggets point, um, nothing really against them. I'm just not really betting them over the Warriors and the Suns who had, you know, incredible seasons last year. Right. Yeah, we – Big Mikey is a huge Clippers fan, as you know, and, and we would be watching the TV, watching their games last year and just be yelling Schmerda left and right when it came to uh, Reggie Jackson because he would get the ball and he'd be on an island and it's just you had to watch him. You had to watch what he was going to do. He was going to do something new every time. Um, if he's hitting shots, it looks amazing. If not, he could – quickly just find himself on the bench um yeah with the clippers i think you mentioned with the icing on the cake it's john wall you know it's not even for me it's it's not even about like him scoring or doing all these things for me it's about is he gonna add value to them or is he gonna be a distraction is he gonna start struggling shooting and not be able to get by guys and then get benched and then you know have a uh post game clip of him saying some stuff is he gonna be a distraction or is he going to be a value add to the team? I think it's going to be very interesting because they're 12 deep, legitimately 12 deep. So if, if he's not adding value to their team, you know, he could easily be the 11th man off the bench for them. Um, but with that said, they have all this other talent. They have big wings left and right. They're going to play small ball. They have Norman Powell. They made a lot of good moves last year. Um, to add more talent. And I think they're the favorite in the West. Um, you know, regular season, Kawhi and PG don't really play a lot, and that's okay. But when you're projecting playoff basketball, which I'm sure kind of goes to your Nuggets point a couple minutes ago, um, the Clippers are made for playoff basketball. They have the switchable defense. All the Nuggets, I don't really know. When you When you have a slow lumbering big man on defense that you can just throw and pick and roll 40 times a game. Um, you know, it makes your defense have a lot of trouble, especially in the playoffs. Um, so that's my top four. You had the Suns. So let's talk, let's, let's talk about the Suns here. I'm incredibly low on the Suns. I have them as the eight seed in my rankings. Um, wow. I think, yeah. Wow. I think Chris Paul, Chris Paul is going to be a year older. Um, he can only sustain this for so long before he starts to um, just really slow down. They always say. That's what they always say. That's Yeah, that's what they say, but it's got to happen sometime. It has to. And they, where else is their um, production coming from? I, I heard a clip, and then I'm sure you could give you a take right after this. I heard a clip um, from DeAndre Ayton in the preseason where they asked him, you know, you're back. Um, how, is, how is your communication with Monty Williams in the offseason? He said something along the lines of this is the NBA. There's 30 companies. I'm a part of this business, and I'm just getting comfortable with coming to work every day. And to me, that was the most unconfident, uninspired, I want to be a son and win here 
and be productive for them. I think they overperformed last year in the regular season and their true colors showed in the playoffs. Um, and when you get a sour loss like that, it's really hard to come back with some juice next year and say, yeah, we're going to do the exact same thing and win 65 games for whatever they won last year. So sell me on why, why the Suns should be higher than an eight seed. Yeah, so you, I think you said they won 65 last year-ish, something like that. They're, they're over-under right now is 52.5, which um, I'm expecting them to, to get around there to hopefully get the third seed based on my projections. First off, I'd like to say the Miami Heat finished first in the East last year. I believe you projected them to be the eighth seed this year. Seems like you're doing the same thing out West. Um, mm -hmm. Both, I think, are pretty controversial. I had the Heat a little bit higher than you, so um appreciate you coming out with with some impressive takes here um yeah insane lo loser energy coming from the sun's camp last two weeks um just some fascinating quotes obviously yeah, eight and talking about how he's had no communication with just with his coach um monty williams saying he he hasn't had communication with a few of his players not just eight in and that sometimes he likes to let his players breathe all summer and not talk to them so that was a little bit of a cover-up um, you had Devin Booker talking about how um, the owner who's being forced to sell the team basically treated him with the utmost respect and that he had a strong relationship with the owner. Um, that was just like an interesting limb to kind of go on. Um, right. Pretty shocked to just hear that, you know, he's, he's basically, uh, yeah, it's just saying that he's been treated well by the owner basically the whole time. And so, um yeah not defending his actions but just you know saying that he had a strong relationship with them so that was quite interesting um so yeah definitely a ton of loser energy i'd say coming into the season obviously they they lost to an australian team the other day um yeah i don't have a strong argument that they're gonna you know make the finals like they did two years ago i think eighth is too low um seems like you're gonna have the lakers maybe above them which i look forward to talking about but uh, i do yeah, not i think I, th all right. I think it's more realistic. The Suns probably finished fourth or fifth rather than third. Like I had them, but I'm a big Chris Paul fan. I mean, all he does is win everywhere he goes. Uh, Booker's supposed to be this big time guy. ESPN ranked him 10th, I think in the, in the rankings. So if he is really that guy, he was first team all NBA last year. Um, you know, him and CP should be able to sort of keep things rolling. And uh, yeah, I think they'll finish third or fourth. I have him third. All right. So let's go through. Let's get through five to eight here. Um, and I'll give you the X factor after each one. So fifth I have is the Mavericks. Um, I see more room for Luca to grow as a shooter. Um, and you saw him play FIBA basketball this summer, I'm sure. Breaking records for points scored and just doing incredible things. Looking like he's in much better shape, which is massive for him. Um, and, and my X factor for the Mavericks, I was split here. Um, I think Christian Wood was a great pickup. I have problems with him as a um, teammate and as a personality in the locker room. I think he he can butt some heads when it, when he enters the locker room. Um, and then my second was Jaden Hardy, who I think is going to be a spectacular bench score, possibly. Um, Jalen Brunson replacement when he was a projected top three pick coming into this last year um, and then he underperformed 
for the G League Ignite, but he is absolutely a lottery talent that they got in the late first, early second round. I can't remember correctly, but you know, I was, I was watching practice highlights and he's he's cooking dudes. He's looking all of like a, a lottery talent, top five high school recruit that he is. Um, I think that's a phenomenal pick for them. Six I have is Memphis. My X factor is Jaron Jackson, just his health. Um, can he play enough games? Seven I have is the Pelicans with Zion back and with everything that they've built there last year for an infrastructure. Love Herb Jones. Absolutely love CJ McCollum as a culture leader and a point guard, not a shooting guard. Um, love Larry Nance. Love a lot of the pieces they have there. And then I have the Suns at eight with DeAndre Aiden as their X factor. Can he make any sort of leap? Because there's not much else. There's not much other room for people to grow. I think Devin Booker has peaked. Um, and if he can just maintain this peak, he's, he'll be phenomenal. I think Chris Paul is going to take a step back athletically. I think Mikhail Bridges has room. Um, Cam Johnson, are they even going to sign this dude? Who knows? But DeAndre Ayton is a number one overall pick. Does he have room to grow? Can he hit threes? Can he do varying things? I don't even know if they trust him to do that. So that's my five through eight. Let me hear yours. Yeah, Aiton's got to develop that bag. That would definitely help him. Um, we're aligned with five and six, Mavericks fifth, Grizzlies sixth. I believe that's what you said. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, thanks for bringing up Jaden Hardy. Um, was not too familiar. I'm not uh, watching a ton of uh, G League or college basketball at the moment. Uh, he was picked uh, 37th overall this year. Uh, will be interesting to see if he can, uh, yeah, show out like you're you're sort of selling him on. That'll be interesting to see. Um, yeah, it's tough for them to lose uh, Brunson for nothing. Definitely, they're hoping Dinwiddie can kind of step in. And uh, yeah, continue to play well. They're getting uh, Tim Hardaway back as well. So I'm pretty right. confident. And Luca um, had him ranked fourth in our top 10 rankings we did like four or five months ago. You thought it was way too high. And then, um, yeah, you don't believe in the ESPN rankings, but they had him uh, close to where I had him. So obviously a big Luca fan. Looking forward to seeing if he can maybe win his first MVP this year. Uh, I have them fifth as well. The Grizzlies, it's tough to not be enamored by Ja. I mean, I hadn't really watched much of his first or second seasons um, and watched a lot of them last year. And it was just like, just an absolute awe. He's just phenomenal to watch. Um, and so, yeah, looking forward to to him making leaps as well. I have, I have them sixth as well. Uh, and then my seventh and eight Wolves are my seventh seed. You had them fourth. Uh, we talked about them a good bit. And then, uh, yeah, I have the Lakers coming in at the eighth spot. Um, in over the Pelicans, uh, they're over unders. The Lakers are at forty five and a half, and the Pelicans are at forty four and a half. So, um, I'm sure those two teams will be uh competing for that seventh and eighth spot when we get down to the season. Um, who's your impact player for the Lakers? It's easy to say, obviously, AD and Russ because they were extremely down last year. I'd say AD obviously didn't play enough, and Russ was terrible. Um, I guess the guy I'm looking forward to watching uh, is Kendrick Nunn. I guess he's he's a guy that, yeah. you know, yeah. pretty good bag. They're saying he's really good off the catch, off the ball, which is obviously helpful for a team that, that needs as much shooting as they can get. Uh, they're starting him with Russ right now, which is a bit interesting. Um, 
but yeah, looking forward to watching him play. He, uh, I felt like he always did really well when he was on the Heat, starting over, you know, Tyler Hero, Goran Dragic, all these guys that are way better than him, but he always seemed to produce well in a starting role for the Heat. So he was out all of last year, looking forward to watching him play. And uh, yeah, maybe he can sort of replace some of Malik Monk's uh, production from last year. Um, but they're going to go as far as LeBron and AD take them. And uh, I'm expecting them to have full health. And if they do, I, I can't imagine them not being top eight. What say you about the Lakers? LeBron and AD together, of course. That's that's the key word them. There is, is both of them. Um, that's all they're going to say. That's all they said this offseason is they weren't healthy. You know, AD wasn't playing. Um, I think their roster construction is absolutely horrendous. They have two dudes who are phenomenal. They have one dude who is getting paid $50 million and is the worst fit um, possible in the league. And then four to 12 could be interchangeable. And that's a problem on an NBA roster. You need hierarchy. So I think my X factor was Anthony Davis just because of his health. Um, but if I had to put another X factor, it would be, it would be Russ. It would be not for his performance, but for his potential trade value. I'm hearing a lot of Buddy Heald and Miles Turner rumors, which I think would be perfect, absolutely perfect for them. Buddy Heald is a proven knockdown shooter, and Miles Turner is that defensive big that AD likes to have who can also stretch the floor and shoot threes. Perfect for a LeBron and AD-led team. Um, if they can make a move like that, I completely changed my opinion on the Lakers. Um, and I think they're, they would be able to fight for a six or seven seed. Um, feel free to add a, a, some more Lakers um, takes after this, but I want to go into the Blazers here a little bit, who are my nine seed here with the Lakers being 10. I think they are going to be very sneaky this year. Um, Jeremy Grant was a phenomenal pickup. He is that long def wing who can actually defend the rim quite a bit. Um, and they were always rumored to get him before he went to Detroit, before all these things. And Anthony Simons is going to be making a leap. He's a proven player, got his money. Jeremy Grant is phenomenal. I I'm a huge fan of him, both as a scorer on a bad team, but also a defensive Swiss Army knife on a, on a playoff team. Um, they got a great draft pick in Shaden Sharp, who's an incredible talent. Um, and then they have good wings like Nasir Little and Josh Hart, who can defend multiple positions, can rebound and play the two, three, four, do all these things. Um, I'll slide in a little story time right here. I was playing in an Adidas tournament in Connecticut one time, and we played against um, – I forget the name of the team, but it was an Adidas team from Florida. They had Nasir Little on the team and Ronaldo Sagu, who's a shifty point guard um, playing for University of Buffalo. Right before halftime, Nasir Little got a breakaway dunk and jumped off two feet and hit a windmill, and the rim snapped off, and it was a late Sunday game. The refs looked around, and they just – him and his team just started to leave the court and they just left 
with the rim snapped off right before halftime. And I remember looking at rankings after that and seeing him being a top five projected pick. I'm like, all right, yeah, he's a six, six with a seven foot wingspan and can jump out the gym. Um, that's what it takes to be in the NBA. And that's when I knew it's, it's D three for me at that point. Um, but that was probably the best player I've ever played against um, in AAU. And yeah, he's a, he's a physical specimen. Absolutely. Who I think is really going to help out the Blazers this year, um, so I'm pretty high on them. And there's uh, yeah. there's my story time for the day. Yeah, that's cool. First time I really heard of him was when he was playing at UNC and did did well there. But I imagine your your player sort of opinions, some of them come off of you know if you've played against them or not, just naturally. There's a little bit of bias there. So um, unfortunately, I don't have any of those stories, but uh, I'm sure my opinion would be. A little bit different if I played against some of them. Um, yeah, I think the Blazers will be will be better than last year. Certainly, they were awful last year. Um, but yeah, just don't think they're going to be as good as the Pelicans or the Lakers. Um, I think even you could admit the Lakers will probably be close to the Blazers. Uh, you know, they'll both be sort of fighting in the same area. Um, just reminded me the fact that you know Dame only played a few games last year. Just how many superstars were out last year it's just crazy like literally we go down to every team and like one guy from each team just like completely was out last year so um yeah hopefully everyone stays healthy uh wanted to get back to the lakers really quickly uh to your yep. point about the roster construction it's just absolutely agreed with you it's absolutely terrible um danny green kyle kuzma kcp alex caruso like what are you yep. what are you doing like that's that's so good. That was, that's like an incredible wing rotation. Like, so good. And you literally won a championship. I would say Danny Green for Schroeder. Um, didn't necessarily hate it. That wasn't the killer. It was obviously, you know, letting Caruso go. And then, uh, yeah, trading your, probably your two best wings, Kuzma and KCP for Russ. Um, they actually got Schroeder back this summer. So that'll be interesting to see. I know Celtics fans weren't too fond of him last year. Um, streaky guy. I, I'm so biased towards these, these guys who have impressive bags. You know, we were talking about Reggie Jackson earlier, but to your point about Reggie Jackson, it's hot or cold. And I think shooters obviously the same way. It's just, uh, he can get you a bucket, but it's at the expense of a lot of other things. So not counting on him too much, but, uh, yeah, just a absolutely ratchet, just a, a hatchet, sorry, a hatchet job, uh, with, from the Lakers front office. Um, but it, it'll be a shame if LeBron's not in the playoffs. So as we talked about a few pods ago, uh, I want to see him back there. So that's the why. So we got about five minutes left here. Let's run through the offenses and defenses to finish up here. So with the offenses, I have the Denver Nuggets as the top offense. Jokic with all his weapons in the arsenal. Um, they're going to be phenomenal on offense. Two I have is the Warriors. They're going to be flowing off their high from the finals last year um, with pieces being added. And then the Mavericks at third. Um, Luka elevating into his prime, having their offense chugging with some more shooters um, in the bag. Who do you have? 
Yeah. Fun thing to note, I was looking up, I was just looking up the offenses and defenses of last year. The Jazz had the number one offense in the league last year, um, which considering, you know, how they crashed out of the playoffs and they have Gobert, so you think of their defense first. Like, it's crazy. They had the number one offense last year. They're going to be in the in the low 20s this year for sure. Um, I have the Nuggets at number one as well for the reasons you, you stated. They're an incredible offense. They were somehow sixth in offense last year with all those injuries, which is just absolutely ridiculous. Um, so I'd expect them to finish um, first again the Mavericks I have uh, second you had them third I believe I had them second the Mavericks were actually better defensively than than on the offensive end last year they were only 14th in offense last year um, not really sure what that was but I think we both believe they'll be better this year on offense and then third I had the Suns um, we obviously diverge a ton there on on what we think they're going to be uh, last year, they were fifth in offense and third in defense when they're absolutely destroying dudes. So a lot of this is sort of, you know, how good your defense is definitely will help with your offense. So uh, right. if they if they struggle defensively, they probably won't be as efficient offensively. But uh, those are my top three. Um, I, so the, so the going to the Warriors, the Warriors were somehow only 16th in offense last year, um, had an incredible defense, which we'll talk about. Uh, but even with their amazing defense, only finished 16th in offense last year. So I'm going to keep them out of my top three uh, for this year. Right. So moving to defenses here, uh, I had the Clippers at number one. Uh, of course, it's dependent on health for them. Um, but they have they're going to embrace small ball. They're going to switch everything and they have long arms everywhere. Um, at two, I have is the Timberwolves really just a bet on. Um, Rudy Gobert there. I really don't think they have much else in terms of perimeter defense. Um, D'Lo is not really much. And Edwards, it's about his buying in. Uh, but it's a full vote on Rudy Gobert at number two for the Timberwolves there. And that third is the Warriors. Their defense is incredibly underrated. Uh, they retained everyone. They have a shot blocking big man now and, and Wiseman will see what his impact is like in year three but really year one um, losing Gary Payton sure that's a little difference but they made up for it with uh, DiVincenzo who I like a lot and that's my top three yeah uh, just back to the Suns like I don't fundamentally think they're that different from last year so I'm going to have them ranked uh, actually second in defense they were third in defense last year so we will see if that comes true. We had Warriors and Clippers. Uh, we shared those two. I had the Warriors first and the Clippers third. The Warriors were second in defense last year. Um, as you mentioned, mm -hmm. really, really impressive. The Clippers were eighth without all that talent. So definitely expect those two to be up there. Um, and we only have a minute here. Top of your head, do you know how tall Anthony Edwards is? He, I remember him coming out of the draft and just a year in hearing he started to grow. Which was which was mind boggling. I'll give you six five. Yeah, uh, I mean, according to like the main pages, he's six four, which I just like was shocked by, like the way he plays. Um, yeah, I just thought he was like six seven. I don't. Yeah, he just plays so big, like a a classic like big wing. So I was just so surprised to see he was only six four, but definitely plays bigger than that, like you said. Yeah, when you when you have like a six foot ten wingspan, yeah. you know. Yeah. You look, you look at someone like Donovan Mitchell, he's the same type of player. Like you, you see a picture of him standing next to Garland. You're like, wow, this dude's barely 6'1", <laughs> but he's got a 6'10 wingspan. 
So that makes you be able to guard a three and be fine. And then, you know, it's, it's a lot of upper body proportions on defense with wide shoulders as well. So, yeah, that's uh, something I always wish for as a basketball player was I'll, I'll take six, one any day, but I'd love a six, seven wingspan. They're like, oh, as a question, we would always have in the locker room, uh, but we'll save that for another day. So that does it. Western Conference preview. Um, we'll probably take a couple weeks here and, and see how the season starts to feel out. Um, and we'll get back after it in a couple weeks. Jared, it's been a pleasure as always. Um, appreciate it, brother. Talk to you soon, Kyle.